Hi, how are you? Welcome to Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. Nice to have you along for the ride today. You look great. I'm sure you spent most of your day thinking to yourself, should I have worn this shirt today? Should I, this dress make me look frumpy? No, no, it doesn't. You look great. You look fantastic today. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. There were plenty of social media posts over the weekend. My favorite came from Monica Lewinsky. She replied to a tweet from Adam Grant. Adam asked, what's the worst career advice you've ever received? And he listed three that he received. One was don't waste time helping others. Two was drop 90% of your projects because you can only do one at a time. And the third one was don't write a book. Monica replied to his tweet asking the question, what's the worst career advice you've ever received? An internship at the White House will be amazing on your resume. Wait, she doesn't even get a rim shot for that? She replied, an internship at, I can't even speak now, there was no rim shot, I'm screwed up. An internship at the White House will be amazing on your resume. Yeah, a little late, but it was there. Sad is what it is, it's sad. The whole damn thing is sad. Welcome to it. Happy Prime Day. Today and tomorrow, yeah, two of the two-day parade of epic deals from Amazon Prime. You're listening, of course, on July 15th and 16th of 2019. You're listening on another day. It's not Prime Day. Move on with your life. You know, are you, I mean, Prime memberships have gone up like 7 to 10% already this year. Uh, so, I mean, that's huge for them. Now, I know they're already talking about, we talk about app fatigue, but they're already talking about uh, HBO uh, starting to, uh, you know, get a little concerned, people pulling the plug after Game of Thrones. Um, I think that's doubtful. HBO is still creating some really good content. Euphoria, you have to watch it, I'm telling you. Big Little Lies, uh, Chernobyl. Uh, there was those spookies. What was the what was the Captain Jack will get you high tonight? What was the Captain Jack will get you high? What was the what was the one they created? The one with the with the 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 first lesbian chick that was. Oh my god! Oh yes, uh, yes, the gentleman, yes, yes, gentleman Jack, the gentleman Jack. Oh my god! Shut. This is the same thing. Captain Jack will get you high yeah, tonight. Yeah, what are you yes, talking yes. about? I actually was the one that told you about that TV show. Yes. Actually, no, you weren't, but that's okay. Go ahead. Why do you do that? You know I talked to you about the gentleman. Just because you talked about it with me it, does not I mean you. that you are the one that told me about the show or you are the I wasn't watching it by the time you and I talked about were it. You, you it? weren't were, were you, you weren't it? the one. Yes. That's why we talked about it. Don't give yourself credit for these things that is not true. Are you Glenn Beck now? Oh, wait. Did I say that out loud? Oh, so stop. Stop. Just a joke. Just a joke.
All right, we'll move on. We can edit that out. I have a little concern for people, though. I didn't realize this was an issue. But scientists in Canada are looking for men suffering from chronic scrotal pain. Right? Now, I know that there are things that we deal with from time to time. We as males deal with from time to time that create pain in that area that you know you say you you know at a time sometimes in your life you end up having uh using your thing too much on too many different people that's a problem that's called an sti that's a problem but apparently according to uh Dr. Ryan Flanagan, assistant professor, the director at the Male Infertility and Sexual Medicine Research Program at the University of British Columbia. That is a long business who card. Does, who does love? <laughs> I'm sorry. So what's his title again? It's Dr. Ryan Flanagan, assistant professor and director of the Male Infertility and Sexual Medicine Research Program at the University of British Columbia. So he gets a flyer every time he meets somebody. Uh, he said in a statement that between 75 to 100 men complaining of scrotal pain have visited him in the past six months. Well... He's the assistant professor and director of the Male Infertility and Sexual Medicine Research Program at the University of British Columbia. If you were a person who had scrotal pain, if you were suffering from scrotal pain, that's where you would go, right? So it's not a surprise that as assistant professor and director of the Male Infertility and Sexual Medicine Research Program at the University of British Columbia, that men would come to him complaining about scrotal pain. Ouch. Right. Now, you'd be saying more than ouch, bro. I mean, that's just the beginning. In many cases, it's very debilitating. You think? Some before you go, before you go, have you ever been kicked in the down area or punched? Yes, I've played male sports before. It's happened. Oh, by accident though. Not like I'm talking about like you playing and you know who can kick the hardest. Have you played that game? No, I grew up in America where we knew that we didn't need to do that. Okay, okay. I thought I'm not sure how they played that thing in the islands. What we played in the audience is, you know, whoever falls loses. That's just dumb. Is it? That's just dumb. How is that dumb? You're. I'm sorry, you white privilege, okay, that you were raised <laughs> in this ivory tower while I was playing kick uh, the that, nuts. That's just dumb. It is not dumb. It was fun. It was dumb. fun. It was fun. Yeah. Turn your mic off. Just seriously, stop talking. It was fun. Don't knock until you try it. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, I promise I won't knock it anymore until I try it. Okay. You know, I wish I could be one of those guys that could just say, hey, let's play. Kick me in the balls. What? Can we say that on TV? Because I'm looking right at the camera that's not here and so I want to be sure we can say that on TV. Yeah, they took them all out. Yeah. Huh. Big surprise. So some men find their symptoms uh, go away if they rest, stop wearing tight-fitting underwear. Wouldn't you do that anyway? Yeah, boxers. I mean, well, those are, yeah. That's, that's yeah. your first course of action. Yeah, my owner's too tight. Okay, let me get No, boxers. I mean, if, I, if you're having pain there. You go commando. You do anything you can to... Stop that pain. And you start taking relief factor. What, yeah. Whatever, yeah. I mean, others tried uh, uh, 
physiotherapy, antidepressants, anti-inflammatories. I don't know what antidepressants have to do with it. I mean, antidepressants, uh, they kill your winky, and it does not work anymore. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, so there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, medications that regulate neurons. Okay. Surgery Ooh, can fun. involve spermatic cord blocks. Ouch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Big time. Where anesthesia is administered to the area, the variacoselectomy. The variacoselectomy. Oh, we need the computer for this. Okay. So, if you get spermatic cord blocks where anesthesia is administered to the area the varicoselectomy where enlarged scrotal veins are removed or the arpinioxmectomy which sees the tube holding sperm removed and the mesovasotomy to reverse a vasectomy ooh it's a tough one I mean I any one of those does not sound fun. Does not sound like something you want to go through. Ouch. You aren't kidding. Ouch, man. If you were to get the... Varicoselectomy. Arpidioxmectomy. Or the... Mesovasotomy. Ouch. Multiple times. Ouch, ouch, ouch. (laughs) Now, chronic scrotal pain, if you're not aware, is characterized by constant or on and off pain in the area for at least three months, which prevents a man from going about his daily life. It is most common in men in their mid to late 30s and their 20s, but teenagers and older people can also experience it. It's unclear why men of this age are affected, but he's got some new goo that he wants to try out on men. And uh, ouch, he's hoping to ease the ouchiness with his new goo. So you can, I mean, is there a number in this story I have? Is there a number? Oh, yeah, there's a number. I have a call. There's a website, email, and a number. Really? Yeah. So if you're someone that suffers from varicoselectomy or arpidioxmectomy, you think you need that, or you think you're going to need any of those, you can get a hold of. Dr. Flanagan, who's the assistant professor and director of the Male Infertility and Sexual Medicine Research Program at the University of British Columbia. 604-875-5675. 604-875-5675. Or email jma at prostatecenter.com. Email jma at prostatecenter.com. Or visit vancouverprostatecenter.com. Visit VancouverProcessCenter.com. Where you will likely uh, reach an assistant to Dr. Ryan Flanagan, the assistant professor and director of the Male Infertility and Sexual Medicine Research Program at the University of British Columbia. That's 604-875-5675. 604-875-5675. Ouch. me. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want that, man. So I'm reading uh, on Friday. I take my uh, I take my father-in-law to a doctor's appointment, right? And so I guarantee you that no one, uh, no one uh, is talking to the doctor about this particular story than me. 
So we go into the we go into the the room, you know, the No, we didn't get that. No, please, no. We didn't do that. But we're sitting there, we're waiting for the doc to come in. And I start reading the story about this piece of fossilized Viking poop. So I'm um, I'm reading about it, I'm like, what what do you we have this Viking poop that's been so, so well preserved. So it's poop from Vikings. And this one and in the story, one paleoscatologist Ooh, those are fun. Is called it as precious as the crown jewels. And they've got the picture here of it. And, and I mean it's And I, I was wondering like, that we have we have uh we have all kinds of people studying all kinds of stuff. What did you do in your life that at one point you said to yourself, I'm going to be a paleoscatologist? <laughs> I mean. You were scooping up horse poop. Now, we know that the human who deposited this uh, now renowned seven inch specimen had a diet of meat and bread. Unfortunately for that poor long-dead soul, they also had a handful of intestinal issues. The scat was scattered with whipworm and mouthworm eggs, which would have caused stomach aches and other unfortunate gastrointestinal symptoms. Ouch. Uh, yeah, you aren't lying. I don't know if you ever, I mean, you talk about... Vasotomy. You need more than that when you have the mouthworm eggs and whipworms coming out, man, and you're starting So get this, though. In 2003... A visitor group dropped the specimen. Is nothing sacred anymore? It broke into th- it broke into three pieces. I hope that those people have been in prison since they dropped it, but now they've repaired it and they've got it back together. How? They repaired it. They they put they used they used poop glue, Viking poop glue, and they put it back together. And it's at the uh, Jorovic Viking Center. I'm sorry? At the Jorovic Viking Center. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, you go there, it's huge. And uh, uh, first of all, how? And why? It's been, it was discovered in 1972. A huge find. And it really is a huge find, right? I mean, it's a great find. It's poop. I'm sorry. It's Viking poop. Do we know that it's really Viking poop? Uh, yeah. And it's that Johnny's poop that he left in the... You know, freezing wherever they were. It was dated. Uh, How was it back dated? to the ninth century when what's now York was ruled by Norse warrior kings? Okay, so archaeologists have dated it. So that's the way it is. It's fossilized Viking poop. Don't 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 doubt it. Don't. Now the paleo scatologists. I can't. Who's a paleoscatologist? I actually started looking it up, which is what, what what made me start talking to the doctor about it. I mean, crap. Why Are you talking about the doctor? Actually, I'm talking to the doc about a paleoscatologist. And I'm talking you know what it was? The doc and her assistant. I got them all laughing about Viking poop. But did he know what but it was? She. Oh, why, she. Oh, what a male. Oh, my gosh. Never did I say male doctor. I said a doctor. And you just immediately. Yes. Immediately. It's a male. Th- yeah. it's a male. It's a male. Wow. Yes. Stop. You are not welcome on this show for a few moments. Just to think about the hatred that you just threw out on this mic. I, I can't. So I'm thinking, I start looking up. 
who are the paleoscatologists? But there's none. Like they're all, it shows up under, so it never came up uh, about the paleoscatologist while I was in the doctor's office. And so we couldn't, I, I couldn't figure out for the life of me who these people were. But now apparently we do have, I, I, I did a little bit more, uh, a little bit more research on scatology, study of feces. And do I want to, do I want to be, have a doctorate in that right now? You have no idea. What do you do? What do you, what do you do there? I study, I study feces. Oh, okay. Well, that's good talk. Nice meeting you. Take care. But I love the fact that I actually, we'll get back to the Viking poop. I just can't, I've, it's hard for me to believe that it was dropped. In 2003, it's not that long ago, right? They, had, they found it in 72. They've got it on display. Now it's on display in a glass case and stuff. So did they just have it out? It was just sitting there on a, on a, piece, of, a piece of plastic at the, the Viking Museum? Yep, there it is. Big old seven-inch piece of Viking poop. Go ahead, take a look at it. And some kid drops it. Oh, how bad do you feel then? All right, let's go to our crime section for the day, shall we? Uh, Jeffrey Epstein in the news everywhere, uh, all over. They're looking to get him in bail today. Bail looks like it's going to be postponed they don't know uh, what they're going to do for jeffrey but now we've got other accusers coming up they're reporting on what they found in his safe what's he supposed to have in his safe oh uh, he had he had food recipes and he had grandma's knitted socks that she gave him when he was two years old no he had diamonds and cash and a passport although it was a fake passport but don't worry about that yeah of course sorry that he had diamonds he had some cash he had a passport no it's fake and you know just stuff like that uh you keep saying something after passport it was it was fake it was fake it was just a fake passport Uh, and you don't have a problem with that what are you supposed to have in the safe a real passport well they took the real ones so you don't have no passports then well he does have one he had one in the safe that was fake (laughs) (laughs) look the guys it look uh, we talked about maybe did we talk about it? I don't know if I remember if I talked about it on the air or not. But whatever the bail is is going to be paid, and you, I guarantee that anybody on his list in the black book has already ponied up cash. Get him out. There was a rumor over the weekend that someone flipped. And who's it going to be? Is it going to be his 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 lady, his girl? She wants to stay alive, so that doesn't surprise me, right? I mean, if she he can't go to jail, he's not going to survive. She's concerned about her life, her his helper, and if they turn her, man, the world is upside down. Good luck, and she, you know, I would be man, I would be very careful if I were her. I'll be very careful if I'm him. I also read where he's couple cells down from my main man el chapo what where they're keeping him that's what the story said the story said he was joaquin chivaldo <laughs> he was uh three doors down from joaquin joaquin he was three doors down from joaquin joaquin chivaldo guzman loera 
That's what I said. He's three doors down from El Chapo. Uh, so, you know, have fun, Jeff. Have fun. Such a dirtbag. Well, as long as we're in crime. We'll stay in crime. i got some great crime stories for you today. This, this particular crime story is you're going to feel sorry for the guy, but then you're going to think, oh, man, should he have done it? So a Philadelphia father chases down a carjacker. Did you see the video? Police say the man's girlfriend stopped by a pizza parlor he worked at, left her three young children and a seven-month-old, and a one-year-old and a five-year-old inside the running vehicle, which, why would you do that to begin with? Everybody does that. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. While she was inside, 54-year-old man jumps in the car and speeds away. The woman's boyfriend, the father of two of the children... I'm sorry, but you say father of two of the children. There's three in the car. There's three in the car. He was the father of two of them. Doesn't say which two. (laughs) It could be the two two. youngest. The two youngest. If if, you probably, yeah, it's the two youngest. All right, we'll go with that. It can't be. Don't say it can't be. Don't say say it can't be. It can't be the other way. I'm sorry, but it cannot be the other way. Maybe maybe the oldest and the youngest. Middle one is. So she took a break? Yeah. The middle one, you know. You know what happens. Everybody does it. Yeah. So the car thief drove about half a block before he came became stuck in traffic. The father pulls the thief from the car. Come on, man. Who begins to attack him as other bystanders join in and kick in. Wow. Did you see the video? So police yes. Fascinating. So when police arrived, they found the uh, suspected thief. Bloodied and unconscious. Now, see, that's where you go, good. Right? Ouch. Yo, he more than ouch, right? More than ouch. Now, I mean, he's, <laughs> maybe he was ouch then, but prior, post ouch was uh, life gone. Yeah, no kidding. So now the, you know, the man and the girlfriend are both taken into custody. Why not some of the other people that helped jumped in? I watched the, the press conference for this. The cop was saying, please turn yourself in. It's easier for you if you just come to us instead of us coming to you. Because we have video that and we know who good. you are. That sounds good. Oh, yeah. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, but it, good. Jeffy, you're in that role. What do you do? Well, you can't get you can't be a part of mob rule. You know, I mean, as the father, you got to do that. But the yes. mob. Oh no 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 no! I'm not talking. About, I'm not talking about the mob. I'm talking about the father of the two kids. What you do you do? Gotta chase them down, right? I go. I'm sorry, but I'm going until I can no more. You gotta chase them down. Now I'm not. Now personally, I'm not running. Well, then what do you do? <laughs> I say, hey, catch up to that guy for me, would you? I'll do you be, Uber to the I'll guy? I'll be there. I'll be there in a second. Taxi. I'll be, there, you... I'll be there in a second, but I'm not gonna run. I, but what about the kids? Yeah, I'm not gonna run. Anyway. <laughs> But, of course, you have to, right? Yeah, You're doing I, everything you can to save the lives of your children. They better not charge the father. Now, the mob, on the other hand, I don't care about them. But the father, he did good. That's what father was I, supposed to do. It's nature. It's absolute nature. Right. I mean, he's the, the, the car and the children. Never mind the car, but, I mean, he's taking the vehicle the kids, with the children in it. You know, two of those are his. That we think they're his. Two of those we think are his. Well, didn't the story say they're well, his? Well, that's what the story said. But oh, so that we're, now we're questioning that, too? Oh my gosh, we just questioning everything. 
So maybe one of those kids is his. Maybe none of them are his. Yeah, we just, we she keeps know. telling him we that those know. are your kids. No, no. Yes, he believes her. He loves her. So whatever the case is, he's paying for the kids. Anyway, well, yeah, we, we've all been there. Anyway, the uh, everybody. Wait, that. what? <laughs> everybody. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, you. No, Chris. No, they don't. You don't. You just don't. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, so this story is such a weird story about the baker. It's not really, you know, the baker who uh, screwed up the birthday cake. The order was for the uh, Moana. <laughs> she asked Atlanta, Georgia bakery staff to decorate it with images of the Hawaiian princess. But they thought she said mar- marijuana. And so... She got a cake, said happy 21st birthday, Kensley, with a marijuana leaf and my little pony just kind of blowing out a little bit of smoke, red eyes and a puff of smoke. Really funny, really funny, okay? Really funny. So the they go to pick up the cake and look at it, and she says, that's not what I ordered. And they apologize and say, oh, sorry, can we, we can get you another cake? And she says, no, 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 that's fine. And they love it. The mom and the daughter love it. They, go, they have the birthday party. They have the cake. They laugh about it. It's funny, you know, that they got uh, the accident, the accents that they had. They got misrepresented. They thought it was marijuana. They took pictures of it. They posted it on social media. Funny. Right. Maybe because they all were... It's just a funny cake, man. It's got the pot leaf and the My Little Pony. <sighs> so funny, dude. So the manager who originally, with, so the lady is working at Dairy Queen. It's a Dairy Queen. All right, the lady is working at Dairy Queen. She gets the order and she asks the manager, you know, they want me to make this marijuana cake. Yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, you have to in today's world, whatever, you know, really you have to, right? So she does. So the one manager, the, that manager, after the, it was a screw-up, fires her. What? The, the customer wasn't upset. None of that. It was just, oh, you're fired. So the lady was all concerned because she's got two kids and she's, I mean, she's working at Dairy Queen for the love of Pete, trying to make a living, trying to, you know, trying to put food on her table for her kids. And uh, she said she'd worked there for about a year. And uh, the manager stood behind me while I pulled the images off the internet. She walked by as I decorated the cake. I boxed the cake up. She was the one who walked up in front of it. So that manager fires her. Okay. And uh, later, another manager, I guess the night manager or the day manager or the swing shift manager or how the hell ever dairy manager does it, uh, calls her and says, yeah, no. You get your job back. You're not, we're not firing you. You get your job back. So I know that Georgia is an employment at will state, which is a good thing in most cases. But uh, she's got two daughters, nine and 14. She's not going to lose. She just can't lose her job. 
been working at Dairy Queen, which is why she asked the stupid manager, should I make this? I mean, we're good, right? Yeah, we're good. No problem. That's what the customer wants. That's what the customer gets. And the customer wasn't upset. The customer wasn't crying about anything. It wasn't anything terrible. It was just a, a an it was just a, a common mistake. Common mistake? Well, okay. Uncommon mistake. An uncharacteristic mistake from Dairy Queen in Georgia. Plus it makes me want to go to Dairy Queen now. Which is you know, a good thing for Dairy Queen, I think. Right? You know, we should start doing this. We should probably just getting kind of hungry. They're kind of the munchies. We ought to just head up to Dairy Queen. Let's go to DQ, man. <laughs> I could get, uh, I could use a DQ burger and maybe a, maybe a, what's that thing? The blizzard? Yeah, I need a blizzard, bro. I need a blizzard. Let's go. Yeah, let's get a dog and a blizz, bruh. Let's go to the break room. I need a Coca-Cola Zero Sugar as it is, man. It's Monday. You can't live without Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. I'll tell you that. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. Okay. So, a couple things, uh, as long as we're in the break room. Mountain Dew has apologized and they did it in such a great way. All right, so they screwed up. And how they screwed up is beyond me. I mean, you want to talk about the dumbing down of America or whoever does their marketing campaign. Uh, Mountain Dew certainly plays into that. So Mountain Dew uh, tweets out, Dew-nighted states. Okay, and they've got, uh, they've got a uh, picture of the United States in dew colors and each state is a different design okay and it's dew knighted states mtn dew and it's from their twitter account and it says uh you know there it is now the upper peninsula of michigan if you're if you if you know you won't know this chris because you you you're probably the person who built this for mountain dew because you have no idea where states are but the Upper Peninsula of Michigan is if you look, take your hand like this, there's Michigan, and then it has the Upper Peninsula. Then the next state over is Wisconsin. What the design of Mountain Dew did was give Wisconsin the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Okay? Is so, that wrong? Yes, it is. So the Upper Peninsula Twitter account, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan's Twitter account says, Dear at Mountain Dew. I am not Wisconsin. Fix this or send a free case to all my residents. Your call, America's Peninsula. Mountain Dew replies, hey, Upper Peninsula, we hear you. And we're sorry for misplacing you on our Dew-nighted map. Give us a chance to right our wrong. Help us fill this special edition label by telling us all the things you love about the Upper Peninsula. Uh, note to then in parentheses it said note to self located in Michigan. Uh, that's fantastic. 
Uh, that is really, really good. They handled that really great. Now, there's going to be, of course, Mountain Dew asked for the account to help them tell all the things that make the UP great. And, uh, you know, you get the... Uh, you get the pasties, and you get the pictured rocks, and you get the Tequamanon Falls, the Mackinac Bridge, the Sioux Locks, and of course, of course, every what do you know? What Chris, do you know what you call people from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan? What? There you go. I hear them, I hear them hollering behind you now. Youpers, call them youpers. You don't want to be a youper. If you've ever met anybody that's from Upper Peninsula, you know that they're from the Upper peninsula man it gets cold up there too bro no doubt about that so the mistake across the promotion involves an ongoing contest that rewards winners with a hundred dollar prepaid gift card if they collect bottles of all 50 states so that'd be interesting if you have a mountain dew bottle with the wisconsin with the with the upper peninsula connected anyway so they mountain dew handled it great even though they screwed up, but it's because of people like you working in positions of, of marketing Chris Cruz that this kind of stuff happens. <laughs> is this because of the question I asked you earlier? Yes, it is. And we're going to get to that momentarily. In fact, let's do that now, shall we? All right. So I want to, I want to tie this tie. I'm going to tie what Chris Cruz asked me into this story for, okay? so over the weekend, amazing. And we talked about Paul McCartney performing here in uh dallas fort worth in arlington at the at the ranger stadium and i think we talked about it on pat unleashed and uh how cool it was it was you know i mean mccartney's on tour i mean he's one of the last iconic individuals you know that can walk on stage now i mean he's from the is the beatles man is paul mccartney so in la uh ringo Starr. The other surviving member of the Beatles shows up on stage with McCartney at the end of the nice. show. Huge. I mean, the crowd the crowd went crazy. Uh, he was at Dodger Stadium. They it was uh, you know people went crazy. Uh, one tweet said so tonight at the Paul McCartney show at Dodger Stadium this happened and there's you know Ringo Starr and uh, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr on stage together tonight blown away. Uh, Ringo just turned seventy nine. Right. So, Paul, I mean, they, it was it would have been so cool. You knew it had to happen. You knew it had to happen. It may happen again, too. You know, maybe the final show or something, Ringo will show up and, and play a couple of songs on drums with Paul. It'll be, it'll be amazing. Um, y'all, Paul McCartney really brought out Ringo Starr, the only other living Beatle to play Sgt. Pepper and Helter Skelter and Dodger State. I love my life. And there's pictures of it. I mean... Uh, amazing amazing night that would been that would have been fun to see so as we're going through some of the stories we're going to talk about today on the on the show there's a story about all this uh, stuff that's being sold they you know like there's one story that talks about princess diana's used workout shirt selling for fifty three thousand dollars come on man now, it's more for the charity that they're selling it for, but you're buying Princess Diana's workout shirt. Come on. Baby, the sweat still smells like her. Did but, it? But uh, I don't know. Is that I don't the know story? It, did it. it doesn't say. You know, it doesn't say. But they talk about uh, some other things that people are selling, and it goes down a list of uh, you can buy uh, 
a Nirvana set list on a paper plate that sold for twenty two thousand. Uh, Madonna's dress snagged fifty three thousand. Hell, you could probably get her to give you a dress for less than fifty three thousand. Anyway, Prince's guitar got eighty nine thousand, and there's uh, you know an Olivia Newton John's black leather duds from Greece. Uh, Burt Fon- Reynolds automobile. Fancy's motorcycle and leather jacket from Happy Days. Right. And, you know, we can get uh, their stuff that uh, also from uh, John Lennon. And, I mean, you all know who John Lennon is. I don't. I ask who this John Lennon is because they're selling uh, his tooth. Yeah, his tooth. And I need to know who this John Lennon is. His tooth. All right, so uh, he's dead. Uh, there's another member of a group that he was a part of that's dead. His name is George Harrison. Okay, George Harrison, John Lennon. The other two that are still living are Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. Oh, the Beatles. That's correct. John Lennon was one of the Beatles. And I can I still don't believe that you asked me that with your serious voice. And if you were in this room with me, you would be just as amazed as I was. I couldn't believe that you're asking me this question. That you don't know who the freak John well, Lennon is. Well, I did want to know because it sold for $31,000, and the dentist who bought it said most people think it's a waste of money, but it has his DNA, and some people think there may be illegitimate children of Lennon. At some point, I'll compare the DNA sequence for percentage of the states. <laughs> well, I like the idea. That's kind of cute of getting the tooth. That's not the point of my story, though, is it? But, you know, he could have bought Shaquille O'Neal's tooth, but he said, I spent too much money on the Lennon. My wife would kill me if I bought Shaquille O'Neal's tooth. Now, if you bought Shaquille O'Neal's tooth, I could tell you who I know who Shaquille O'Neal is. He's a basketball player. Former. Retired. He wants your basketball player, you're a basketball player for your whole life. He's former. Retired. That's what I'm saying. But no, I, I, I'm not afraid to say I didn't know who John Lennon was. By the way, it says John Lennon's molar. And it's decay. It has a hole. It's a big old cavity in the back. Very disgusting. In other news, which I don't believe is true, this story cannot be true. All right, it's just a cute little story. And for some reason, I'm sure that it's on paper. I'm sure that it's all everybody says is true, but I don't believe it actually happened. In St. Louis, on the 11th of July, just four days ago, if you're listening live, uh, if you're listening live to this podcast, Chewing the Fat. Not possible because it's pre-recorded. No, but I mean you're listening live. Nope. If you're listening live. On, Not uh, how it works. On uh, the 15th of July, 2019. Uh, a baby was born on the 7th of July, 7-11, weighing 7 pounds, 11 ounces at 7-11. Come on, man. No. The only thing that would make this story even better is if they named it Slurpee. Or Savine Elivine. Uh you know, something something like that. Oh, they name in seven eleven? Yeah. Well Savine Elivine. They will you know pronounce it differently, spell it seven eleven. <laughs> My little seven, come here, get over here. <laughs> but they named it uh Jamin Brown. Jamin Brown. Come on now. Tell me. Amazing opportunity. Right. Thank you. 
If you want, if you, you could have got trifecta. that kid free Slurpees you know for the rest of your life. If you if you have the trifecta, you got being it. born at seven eleven, at seven eleven, weighing seven pounds and eleven. Come on, you have to name him seven. You have to seven eleven. Yeah. That's the kid's name. Seven eleven. And then seven eleven Brown. Seven eleven. Seven eleven Brown. First name seven, middle name eleven, last name Brown, or whatever last name you want to use. You have to do that. They completely missed the boat. <laughs> Is it such a big story that I see all the time that Starbucks is not selling? You know, we're stop selling newspapers at Starbucks. Stop selling the newspapers at Starbucks. Nobody was buying them. That's why they're stopped selling them. Speak for yourself. That's right. Nobody was newspaper. buying them. That's the why hell. Newspaper. It's like they're only get my coffee latte. I noticed that's not in their story. They stopped selling newspapers. Really? They stopped selling them a long time ago because nobody was buying them. They were just allowing them to show up every day in the building. They're just taking up space now. Collected dust. And I'm sorry, they were too expensive to buy. They're like five bucks per edition. That's a lot of money. Seriously? Yeah. Really? Yes. They were like expensive. I'm sorry, what happened? The Starbucks to the- newspaper? The, what, yeah. what was it? Like the New York Times or Yeah. Yeah, USA those. Today or yeah. something? USA Today, New York all the times, like the Washington all that stuff. In September, um, no longer sell the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, or the USA Today. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got you. They were expensive. What happened to the $25 cent and the $1.25? That's it. Well, most of the time, most of the papers are about a buck a, a buck a day, That's what right? I'm saying, yeah. And the Sunday edition, fine. I'll give you the Sunday edition because I used to work for the paper uh, company in Puerto Rico, the newspaper company. Fine. I get it. Okay, stop for just a moment. Pause for just one moment, please. Yes, I used to work for El Nuevo Día y La Primera Hora. Okay. Most people who deliver newspapers don't consider themselves working for the newspaper, but, you know, if you consider... I did. I did. I worked for a newspaper because you rode your bike around the nope, island that's and not tossed newspapers nope, on people's porches. Not. Doesn't count. I was selling newspapers. I was a boy in a corner selling the newspaper. Oh, so you were out hawking on the yes. corner. Yes. I was uh, working for the newspaper. <laughs> Give me, give, me the, give me the holler. The holler? Give me the pitch for selling newspapers. It depends on the, on the headlines. Huh? It depends on the ho- on the headlines. All right, uh, John Lennon died. It's in Spanish. I can't. <laughs> what? I will say in Spanish. Let's have it. Give me your <laughs> you pitch. Me to, you put me in the spot. Give, give me, me your pitch. If you can't give me your pitch, you're lying to me. <laughs> keep him in the spot. You're lying to me. You can't put if, if you can't give me a pitch for a newspaper that you were trying to sell on a street corner that you were telling us you worked for, if you can't do that, you're a I lying to us. I was a um, a la primera hora. Actually, La Primera Hora I was focused more on the models, like when Puerto Rico is big for their newspaper. Okay, so you'd give be me like, your pitch. You know, I, well, I got to think well, about the model. Hold on, get out of the corner trying to sell a newspaper. I can't do you. That's because it's a lie. We're moving on. All right, before we leave the break room, congratulations are in order, though, for an Iowa woman who set a new world record. Congratulations to uh, Jennifer Smith. Uh,. She is uh, the new world record holder for the heaviest female to complete a marathon. No, no, no. Congratulations. No, applause. What are you talking about? Why the, there's no stunning headline sound. I mean, it's congratulations. Jennifer Smith uh, weighs uh, 346 pounds. (laughs) No, don't be laughing at her. 
Don't fat shame her. She's congratulations are in order. Three hundred forty-six pounds. <laughs> broke. The- Seriously, don't. You're gonna piss me off laughing at her like that. Don't do it. Start fat shaming people, man. So the previous world record holder was held by, I mean, anorexic 288-pound woman. (laughs) Would you stop with the laughing on the fat chick? She set the goal of finishing the 26-mile race in 12 hours. She finished it in 11 hours and 50 minutes. Oh, there's the clap. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Now get this. You start doing, seriously, don't, I don't want to hear the laugh. Not joking. <laughs> I'm freaking serious, man. She started running after she nearly lost her leg in an accident in 2013. She found that running as a plus-size woman wasn't easy. Really? Uh, she rarely saw other plus-size women involved in races. When I started trying to get on my feet and walk, I, I got into 5Ks. I was highly frustrated that I couldn't find shirts big enough. and There weren't many plus-sized people out there. When was that, back in 1820? So I became an advocate and pushed for more 5Ks to get larger sizes and get more people active. Once I started doing that, I decided why not push myself to the limits? So I continue to eat and get fat. No, she doesn't. Now Smith completed a marathon and set a world record. She plans to run in a 50K, which is 31 miles. Thank you. She, we don't know. We don't, the 50K, you don't know if that's a block or you don't know. There's no way of knowing. But according to the story, there is a way of knowing. It's 31 miles. She hopes that her story will inspire people to go out and be active regardless of their body type. I just want people to know one foot in front of the other. Just keep pushing yourself every day. Jennifer Smith, the world record holder for the heaviest female to complete a marathon, coming in at 346 pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the oh, yeah. yeah. Good news. I mean, fantastic news. And I I cannot tell you how happy I am to share this news. Okay. Coco, the chimpanzee, once a star in the Scopajopsis Zoo. I'm sorry, the what zoo? The Scope Zoo. The Jesus? In North Macedonia. Bless you. No, it's the S K O P. J-E apostrophe S Zoo in North Macedonia. Is that Massachusetts? Yeah, no, a little a little east. A little, of, east, little east of Massachusetts. Little east or west, depending on which way you're looking. Okay. <laughs> if you're on, if you're you know on the California coast, you just keep head west and if you're on the New York coast, just head east. You'll get there sooner or later in North Macedonia. All right, so all right, what's the what's the computer say? How do I pronounce it? Scotch. I'm sorry? Scotch. I'm sorry? What's that? What's that? Scotch. Scotch. 
What a tremendous zoo. What a tremendous zoo that is, like I said. Anyway, but this is good news coming from that zoo. Scott Zoo in North Macedonia. After spending 10 years in the Netherlands, recovering from depression, Coco the chimpanzee has returned and been reunited with his keeper, Dragon Trikovsky. I like that name. Dragon. D-R-A-G-A-N. No no kidding. Dragon. Dragon. It's Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. Isn't that the guy from Rocky? (laughs) Doesn't he fight Rocky (laughs) after he kills Apollo? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, That's what it is. It's Drago in the movie. In the... the Documentary? Documentary. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you going to say there? Because that's a documentary of Rocky. Uh, Rocky United States versus Soviet Union. Rocky uh, knocks down communism. Uh, in this documentary. Come on, man. He does that through boxing. Come on. Drago. So Dragon Trakovsky uh, on Thursday was overjoyed to see the chimp again. Uh, to quote Dragon. Uh, I mean, though, that was the excitement from the, the, uh, the hell are they? Orangutans? Orangutans at the zoo, at the Scovedoak Zoo, when uh, Coco returned. I think you can tell the excitement. There's no doubt you can tell the excitement they had. Coco was born in the zoo uh, in 1995. His mother died of tuberculosis two years later, and the young chimp then began suffering from depression and loneliness. Drogon tried parenting him for years. His condition did not improve. Eventually, a Netherlands-based animal rescue group, Animal Advocacy and Protection, was contacted, and Coco was transferred to their facilities in the Netherlands in 2009 to recover. After 10 years at the AAP facility, Coco is home. Okay, okay. Well, it's just a chimp that had depression. How much money are we spending to send a chimp? And I say we. I was going to say and that's was, us? No, it's not. Uh, better the hell not be us. But you know, there's, you know that there are zoos in this country sending animals to some animal advocacy protection group because, of their de- because they're depressed. What are you supposed to do if the monkey is depressed, Jeffy? What do you do? That was the first thing that came to my mind. It was probably the last thing that came to theirs.